letting go of guilt. Yes, that is what we're going to be talking about today on the Heavy Pages podcast. Hello and welcome back. Josie here. And today we are going to talk about having self-compassion after a separation because I know that we feel guilty. We feel guilty that we screwed up, that we did something wrong, that we were not enough. So many different reasons to beat ourselves up and have guilt when we are the non-initiating partner of a separation. Of course, they're leaving. Why? We must have done something wrong. You know, on the off chance that you already know that they are cheating, you still might have some guilt because you still might feel like you didn't do enough, which I know when you hear me say that, you probably think that's absolutely bonkers that someone would think that, but it's been known to happen. We internalize. And that's why I want to talk about that today. I'm going to take a dive into the emotions that many of us face after a separation the guilt, and the self-shame. So let's start with acknowledging our emotions. Guilt is a common emotion after separation, but acknowledging it is the first step towards healing. Let's talk about why you might be feeling this way and how to navigate through it. There's a whole bunch of different sources of guilt. You can feel guilty because they're leaving. What did you do? It must be me. You take full responsibility for the failure of your marriage. You beat yourself up about it. They might even blame you and you're like, yes, it's so true. It was all me. You might feel guilty about what society is going to think about you. Thankfully, these days, separation and divorce are not so taboo, but there's still plenty of circles and places and families that really frown upon it and cultures that really frown upon it. So, you could have the guilt of just failing in being part of the, the society norm. And so what we want to do is normalize your feelings without judgment, without beating yourself up about that. We mentioned understanding the different sources of guilt. Well, your own guilt, you can guilt yourself. Your partner can blame you for everything, which would make you feel guilty. Your kids can make you feel guilty intentionally or unintentionally. They might be old enough to really feel resentful. And, you know, this is something that I have heard and have experienced. My son felt way more comfortable with me than with his father, which meant that he would react and act out worse with me than with his father. You're supposed to feel good that they feel so safe with you that they can be ugly, that they can vent out their frustration, but also sometimes that really sucks because you don't want to be beat up. And especially in this situation, when you're already dealing with all of your own feelings about your relationship, all of the own guilt that you are having because your relationship has failed to have your children throw that on top of you. Oh, it's super hard and super painful, but uh, you got to try and see that as them just expressing themselves and try not to take it personally, which is easier said than done. I totally know. So those are some of different sources of guilt. And like I mentioned, the society, society can make you feel guilty. Not just maybe your religion or your culture. You can watch TV shows and 
or see other families together and, and the family unit. And that could make you feel guilty or put pressure on you or give you a sense of guilt. I had that example. I remember taking my son to the beach with my sister and her husband and her family. And I remember seeing my brother-in-law playing with his kids. And my son was kind of playing too, but maybe he wasn't really that interested in playing. But I, what I was watching was my brother-in-law playing with my niece and nephew and feeling so much sadness and so much guilt because my son couldn't be playing with his father. And that now my son was never going to have this type of interaction with his father. And oh, that was, I think about it now and I try not to tear up about it because it hurt me so bad seeing that. But this was guilt, kind of guilt that I was putting on myself. That's another example of, you know, even societal expectations or your pressure that you put on yourself because of societal expectations. Spoiler alert, my son and I had many wonderful times vacationing and doing wonderful things, just us. So he didn't need his father to be there for us to have wonderful times and be able to enjoy each other and for him to do things. Of course, he did things with his father on his own, but there was still beauty and fun and happiness in our future without his dad having to be there. So this depression and this sadness and this guilt that I felt was kind of unwarranted. So let's talk about the guilt cycle. There's a guilt cycle, and guilt can often lead to a cycle of negative self-talk and self-blame. So let's explore how the cycle works and how you can break free from it. Step one, obviously, is recognizing the pattern of guilt and self-shame and blame. You can do this by journaling. I loved to journal. I still do journal, and you know that this podcast was founded on a journal. So journaling is really a good place for you to put down your thoughts and rearrange them in a way that you might start blaming yourself. But once you start writing, you start recognizing, you know what? I've done what I could do. I am doing what I can do. I can't take full responsibility for this. I can't beat myself up about this because it's not just on me. And yes, nobody's perfect. And yes, I could have done better. But what can you do now? You can't go back. It's impossible to go back. And beating yourself up about the past is not going to help you. So journaling sometimes makes you shift back into focus and talk yourself down. So I definitely suggest that you consider journaling when you're struggling with a lot of blaming yourself. So that when you put it down on paper and it's not all jumbled up in your head, you have a clearer view of what you're saying and what you're taking on that really doesn't need to be on your shoulders. So I highly recommend you try that. And then let's talk about how in the guilt cycle, guilt can become a barrier to healing and growth. Yes, because if you sit in there and just blame yourself and, well, I suck, I'm terrible, whatever, what's the motivation to to build yourself up and be better? If you're just going to beat yourself down and feel negative about you, it doesn't motivate you to want to be better. It doesn't motivate you to want to step forward. It doesn't motivate you to want to be the best you that you can be. So it'll keep you in that cycle. Oh, I suck. Well, why should I bother doing anything if I suck? I'm terrible. It's all me. I am the bad guy. So there's no hope for me. All of those things will keep you in that cycle. You need to get out of that. 
And the biggest thing to getting out of that is self-compassion. Self-compassion will break that cycle. Give yourself grace. Yes, you don't have to be like, oh, I was perfect in every way and he's just crazy for thinking differently. No, you can acknowledge that you had some part in the failing of the marriage because nobody's perfect and because it takes two. But that doesn't mean that you are a bad person. That doesn't mean that you can't learn from this. That doesn't mean that you cannot move forward. It happened. It sucks. It's too late. Now, give yourself grace, accept where you are, and begin the steps of moving forward. Continuing in talking a little bit about the guilt cycle, there's a lot of challenges with the negative self-talk. Our inner dialogue can be our harshest critic. So we can discuss how to challenge and reframe the negative self-talk. The first thing, like I had already mentioned, is when you journal. You can, when you journal, you can easily identify the negative self-talk patterns, what things you're beating yourself up about, what you're saying about stuff, what are those beliefs, identifying the patterns, seeing what it is. Maybe there's one specific thing, you know, like for me, one of them was, yeah, I didn't lose weight. He had always been asking me to lose weight and I didn't lose the weight. Why didn't I lose the weight? I sucked. Why didn't I was, if I would have just been skinnier, it wasn't about that. It wasn't about that. But that was something that was a recurring theme for me that continued to be something that I would beat myself up about it. Could it have been something I could have tried a little harder on? There were underlying reasons why weight was an issue that I didn't understand then. So I kept blaming myself when really there was more to that, but I didn't, I hadn't dissected my situation enough to know. So there is power in self-compassion and positive self-talk. That is the counterbalance to all the negative self-talk, obviously. So you need to look at these things where you're beating yourself up on and say positive things about it. Spin it on its head. Oh, you're fat. No, I am human. Oh, you are overweight. Oh, you never tried to lose weight. You didn't love your partner enough to lose weight. You are terrible because you didn't lose weight. No, no, I am worthy. I am lovable as the person that I am. I don't exist solely to be a visually pleasing person. I have more to me. I'm not going to beat myself up because I'm not the weight that I could reasonably be right now. I still have value today. As an overweight person, I still have value. I am alive I can see, I can smell, I can taste. All of these things that you can put a spin on talking bad about yourself and your body and reminding yourself of all the amazing things that you are able to do because of this body. So that's you know an example of, of, of taking something, looking for the patterns, like we mentioned, of things that you're beating yourself up on and spinning them to the positive and finding the positive and talk about the positive and write down the positive, keep notes. You know, getting a journal and maybe having different sections for different things, it's great. What am I, what am I thinking? No, this is what I'm supposed to be thinking. This is how I'm going to attack that negative self-talk that I'm having. So that's a technique in changing your internal narrative. 
having those counterbalances, having those counter answers, having the positive to the negative that you're telling yourself. Write them down. Use them as daily affirmations, however you need to, to do that mind shift so that you can stop the negativity. You can't love yourself when you're feeling so negative. And such an important part of moving forward is loving yourself and respecting yourself and having self-worth. And if you're constantly talking crap about yourself, you're not going to get there. So these are really important steps to, to get there. And that's where we're talking about self-compassion. Embracing self-compassion can be a transformative journey. So let's explore more about how you can cultivate that self-compassion, replace the guilt with understanding. Define what self-compassion means to you. What role will it have in your healing? How will it change your mind? How will it make you happier? How will it bring you peace? That is a great journaling prompt right there. Define it. Define it for you and how it will make an impact on your journey. Practice self-kindness and mindfulness. And that goes back to when you're journaling and when you're writing in your journal and remembering what you're saying, what positive things you need to say to yourself. Switching yourself quickly when you're having a bad thought or when you want to put yourself down. No. Tell yourself, no, I'm not going to allow you. This could be like the devil on your shoulder and you'd be like, no, I will not allow you to talk shit about about. Talk to yourself in the third person and say, I will not allow you to talk shit about Josie. Josie is an amazing woman who is living through a difficult time and doing a badass job. I will not let you talk shit about her. So, you know, fight, fight with that inner you. It's okay. The, the quicker you have strength to do that, that's going to give you the strength to, to do that in other situations. It starts within yourself. So, I suggest having those little boxing matches, those little debates with yourself and, and talking yourself back up. There's, there's really no, nothing more powerful. And soon you will connect the link between self-compassion and resilience because once you can show that you're not beating yourself up, that you are understanding yourself, that you're respecting yourself, you're winning. And so then let's talk about how the connection between self-compassion and resilience is forged. And you do that by continuing to have that debate with yourself, continuing to talk yourself up. When you can see that you can be compassionate with yourself, when you can start talking yourself up, when you can point out all the positives about yourself, and then you realize that you've done that, you're going to see your mind switch. You're going to realize your capacity to withstand and recover from what's coming ahead. You're going to have the first step of knowing I can do this because I'm not beating myself up because I have value and I can show that I have value and I can build myself up. And all of those little wins are building up your self-esteem. They are building up your resilience for all of these next chapters that you're going to have to deal with. Okay, so lastly, let's talk about strategies for letting go of the guilt. You kind of know why you need to. You kind of have some tools like the journaling on how to do it. And so it's time to release the uncertainty burden of guilt and step into a more compassionate place. 
Here's just some more practical strategies that might help you let go. Reflecting on your intentions and your decisions. Start looking forward. Instead of worrying about the past and what you have to be guilty about, start focusing on your future. This has turned out to be a very journaling-centric episode. So I highly suggest that you run out and get one. You can get it from the Dollar Tree, just something to write in you. It can be like a school binder. It can be, you know, a composition book or a spiral notebook, or you can get fancy if you really like to and just get yourself a journal and work on these things. Write about what your intentions are, what you hope to have in the future, what things you're going to decide on, you're going to have to, whether you like it or not, there are decisions that are going to have to be made. You don't want to leave it all to your ex. You want to have a say in how you want things to go. Write those down. It's very empowering to be able to speak on what you are going to want to happen because then it means that you have some control instead of like living in limbo or letting the ex dictate what's going to happen. You take some control. And then creating a guilt release ritual or practice. Do you like to meditate? Do you like to do daily affirmations? Do you like to take a walk and listen to positive uplifting podcasts or music? Make a playlist of songs that hype you up, that make you feel good about yourself, that make you feel proud. Find something that will hype you up, that will give you that opportunity to release guilt and to build yourself up and do that every day, every other day. Of course, very important, seek professional support if needed. I, as you know, am a coach and I help you get through your journey from devastated to divorced and I can help you with many things, but if you need professional support as in a therapist or a psychiatrist, I also highly suggest that you work with them. You know, psychiatrists can give you meds if you feel like you need meds. Therapists can work on your past and and triggers that may have happened in your life. I'm here to get you from where you are now, looking forward, working forward. But all of us together would be an awesome combination for you if that's what you feel that you need. So... In closing, I just want you to remember that letting go of guilt is a beautiful act of self-love and growth. You deserve to embrace your journey with self-compassion and a renewed sense of purpose. You are loving yourself by letting go of this guilt. You deserve to have a happy future. You deserve to be free of what could have been your responsibility in the failed marriage because you can't do anything about it, but learn from it. And if you hope to be in a relationship in the future, avoid those things. But beating yourself up about it is not going to get you there. So I really hope that this episode spoke to you, that it gave you some perspective and some things to think about. I'm rooting for you. I know that you can do it. And as a reminder, I do offer a free chapter checklist that you can download at heavypagespodcast.com or in the show notes. And it is kind of a roadmap of the next few chapters that you will be traveling in this journey from devastated to divorced. So definitely check it out. It's helpful to know where you are. And sometimes you're hovering in between a couple chapters, which is totally fine because that's part of the process and I'm here to get you through it. So feel free to reach out to me if you have 
any questions about the checklist, the chapters, anything else you need me to expand on. And with that, I'm going to leave you for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll catch you on the next one. That's going to be it for this episode. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me on Instagram at heavy underscore pages underscore podcast. And if you found this episode interesting, please consider clicking on that five star rating and following so you are notified when the next episode drops. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, sometimes the pages of life can be heavy, but you don't have to turn them alone.